0: Would the Randy of 2007 be upset with the monster that that new Randy has created?
1: I think there's still a lot of cars that are out there. First of all, I think a lot of people look at BAT and say all the work is done. And I don't think we're even scratching the surface.
0: Randy Nonnenberg, Mr. Bring a Trailer. How's it going, man?
1: It's going great. I'm happy to be talking to you.
0: I'm excited about this. We're right in the middle of producing all of our episodes about how the 9-11 is overpriced and overhyped. And uh, at this point, I don't know, this is kind of off the cuff, of course, but at this point, everybody's heard heard my, my opinions, and we got to the end of episode three. We're right in the middle of it right now. We're kind of doing things out of order. But what I have told everybody at the end of episode three is that I would never sell my car to get any of the cars that I mentioned. Never. I would never sell my 911 for $150,000 and buy a Testarossa. I would never sell it and buy an Espada. I would never sell it and buy a Cosworth, uh Ford Cosworth RS. I would never sell it and get a, an Urquatra or a 500E or, a, or a, an old Mini. Or there's, there's virtually, for the money, there's no car that I suspect and a lot of them I haven't driven. I've never driven a Testerosa, but I've I, I can I can close my eyes and imagine myself in one or what it would feel like to get out of one and how cool I would be. But I still like the 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 driving experience that I have with my car is like nothing else I've ever experienced. What are your thoughts on on the on the 911 and where you put it in terms of price because Sorry, I'm going on and I'm not even letting you talk right now, but I'm hopefully I'm prepping you up for like for, for something good here. Because we just bring a trailer now as like the benchmark for price. And, and for the person that's deeply and I'm sure emotionally involved in your company, what are your thoughts on the premise and the topic that we've been we've been talking
1: about? Well, I love that you're finding alternatives. I think talking about all the different types of cars that are out there is the most interesting part of of what we're doing right now and what we're selling on BAT and what you guys are talking about on the podcast and your event, right, which I attended, the variety that's there is what makes it so cool. And the, I mean, if you had all 9 all Long Hood 9 that's all that was at your event, your event still would have been cool, but it wouldn't have been nearly as cool as it was. Right. So I, I am a huge proponent of trying different stuff, trying a front engine car, trying a rear engine car, trying a mid engine car, trying a French car, even though my dad told me never go near a French car, right? I got I bought a French car. And like having crazy stuff like that is really what keeps it interesting. So you may say you may never sell that blue car. And that may be true. But if a better 911 came along or a different 911, or you just got tired of them for two years and then wanted to get out and then back in, I mean, there's, there's different ways to skin that and i love the list of cars you're talking about about alternatives but i don't even think that's close to the end of that list right there's so many cars
0: it's it's endless and uh, i think that's one of the coolest things about you know i'll do some live streaming sometimes and people will come into the chat and i'll hop over to bring a trailer and we'll just talk about cars we'll just talk about cars that we see look at this look at that oh i didn't even know that existed what the hell is that thing and 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 the, the diversity of it all is is really really awesome one thing that you may not know um, since we're not like best buds or anything, is that I've owned probably seventy-five to a hundred cars. So I've owned, I've had,
1: and this is—I know this is hard to believe. People think people think I'm sick, man. I don't think my tally's that high, but people—it's got to be no lie to me. You've but got I to own I, a lot of cars. I feel better now that you just said those sort of numbers. No, oh man, I've never tallied them, but I don't know. do yeah, it's in the it's in two digits. I'm not I'm not near three digits, but I don't know twenty thirty something forty. I don't know.
0: I can say that I've driven a. Uh, a Yugo GV and had as good of experience driving that as a, I would say a Ford Pinto, but that's kind of on the same tier shit tier level as like a C43 AMG that I've owned, that I road tripped. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about like, it's all about the 43
1: crowd is so angry that you're having this conversation in the same <laughs> breath, but I love that. I think that's it does.
0: It doesn't matter. The car is just the, it, okay. It does matter. Okay. I'm not driving around in a, In a Ford Edge, right? Obviously, there has to be some sort of angle or um, martyrdom or whatever you want to call it to create the story, right? And there's a lot of cars that would do that, and like pitching yourself, and like you said, pitching, holding yourself into one is a huge mistake when there's so much out there.
1: Well even for you dude I mean yeah we don't know each other all that well but like I love your like trooper content and mayhem in your garage and stuff and then the bends obviously that you brought on the event and you customized and you did everything with the the uh, mechanicals of that and stuff I mean I I'm into that more than I'm into your you know uh, you know 911 motor rebuild or the or the uh, overcrest version 1.0 Southwestern picks of that car and stuff. It, it's just the the fact that you're into two or three or four like weirdly not related types of vehicles and beyond, like you say, that the tally is high. I, that Those sort of people uh, and their ethos sort of appeal to me, which is why I've kind of grabbed onto Overcrest and think what you guys are doing is cool. And then those sort of events, right? Like I, I orient purchasing cars for the types of events they can take me on. And, um, and then your event that you built is, is kind of right in that wheelhouse.
0: So you still didn't answer my question though. I think you navigated around Which is it. what, which is what is the nine 11 overpriced?
1: Uh, um, some of them are money that I wouldn't spend on a nine 11, but man, look at what sticker is on a new nine 11, right? Like that's something from when we were kids, you're like, which drove, which
0: out? though, which drove, uh, yeah, which
1: no, but wait. I mean, you're like, what's a 911? I don't know. What ought a 911 be? I don't know. 70 grand, and you go and you hear these stories, or you go to the showroom at, at at some dealer, and it's like 100 130- and. 40 grand for like a nine eleven highly option, but it's kind of a normal 9-11. It's yeah. not like a crazy limited edition or something. And you're like the valet doesn't
0: that- even look twice at that car when you show up. No, you're a hundred and fifty thousand no. dollar car. It doesn't even look or twice.
1: dude. If you want to blow your brains out, like a new escalade is like 150 grand or something like that, right? And you're just like, what world are we living in? Right. So you start to get down these trails of like, is it overpriced? It starts to be like, Man, I don't know. The world is overpriced, it seems mm-hmm. like, right? And There are – there's a lot of work you have to do or a lot of turning your own wrenches in your garage if you want to, you know, play with these um, higher-end branded cars in your own garage and do your own thing. Or people get creative like they also do on your event, right, with 944s and 924s and stuff that you can actually – you can actually get your hands on a little bit easier. But are they overpriced? Dude, I don't know. A 911 R, the new one when it came out, and they said that was made 450 grand. The first thing, yeah. I, I was like, okay, that's bananas. I'm from right. nowhere. I'm not ever going to touch one of those cars, but I think they're cool. Are they overpriced? I don't know. To some people, I guess they're not because people keep paying that sort of money. But um, I but just look at it in the context car, of like,
0: they made 400,000 of these cars, but they're still some of the most, in terms of... Attainable collector cars. You know, you look at the 2002, the Alfa Romeo GTV. You look at a, maybe a Julia. You look at the 911, and you have like all these cars that are kind of in like the 70s cool, right? You put them in this box. Mm-hmm. These are all the kind of the cool. You go to vintage racing; these are the cars you see. And Maybe an E Type, just all the or a Datsun 510, which is amazing. What those things are going for now, but all these cars, you put them in a box. And but for some reason, the 911 is like. Is it? It's here. It's way more expensive than everything else, and I don't know. We talked uh, a lot about wh- why that could be. I mean, the internet feedback loop, the Magnus Walker effect, the Bring a Trailer effect. And I think Bring a Trailer has had a huge effect on on the availability of making things available to people. So there's all these different things, but is, is it? Is the 911 really a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a car, and a GTV is sixty? is it is the driving experience $100,000 better than a than a 2002 or a GTV?
1: It's crazy. And personally, I don't think it is, right? Or else my cars, my garage would be full of a bunch of 911s and <laughs> and it's not. Right. And so I've had 3 of them. I had a 68 911 that was a sort of hot rod car with a later 32 in it, which was really fun. A lot of this was on BAT and these were all sold on BET. I had a 72 T uh, and then I had an uh, 88 Carrera, G50 Carrera, really nice car. All of those have now gone through BAT, a couple of them multiple times. Did you know um, I sold a car super in BAT? Cool cars.
0: Did you know I've sold one? Which I'm...
1: one? No, you're secretive. Uh-huh. Which one? A
0: 1983 Ford Escort GL, baby blue. I love that. Baby blue. I
1: remember that car. That was mine. <laughs> the best 83 gl in the world right in the world only one left
0: hands down the cleanest one ever that thing's gonna be on a movie set somewhere sorry
1: and you get any money for it eight grand 10 grand i think i got like sixty five hundred bucks okay that's fair you got to take that and run
0: it was yeah it's i got it as a a bundle with a 73 ford pinto square wagon that i bought was gold it was a gold one with a wood paneling i got like hey do you also want this escort i'm like not really, but sure. <laughs> and it was like super cheap. So it just kind of went with the thing, but that's okay. my, that's my brand trailer experience.
1: I love that. Hopefully that worked out, but, it did. but yeah. So anyway, are are they over, people have these debates all the time and, uh, I don't think nine 11s are a screaming deal, but I, I don't think, you know, I think the market sets the price, unfortunately, you know, and it's like, has that gone up since we started, you know, turning over rocks and posted nine 11s on BAT in 07, 08, 09. Um I I posted a a few 912s like out of outrage cuz they were over 10 grand. I was angry about it. I was like who's driving the prices up on 912s? Believe blah,
0: blah, blah. it or not, it's, I went back and I read that. I went to internet wayback machine and that post that? that you're talking about is January of 2007. And then there's another one and I copy pasted it right here. I'm, Dude, you're a psycho. You're on the post I'm talking about? You're I as was. crazy as me for remembering 100%. that I wrote that. 100%. Okay. okay. Uh, so this is this is uh, right after that post actually. It says last summer it seemed like eight thousand dollars would buy you a pretty nice little Alfa Romeo GTV. When did they start routinely hitting twenty grand? These are starting to make whacked BMW 2002 TII restores charging sixteen grand look like lightweights. Better get while the getting's good, or we'll all end up driving Datsun 510s and looking for a bargain for Cortina Mark IIs and Square Tail Light 2002s.
1: That's a pretty good line, isn't it? it I was is. on point.
0: You I was were, on point. <laughs> for sure. And uh, it's it's interesting looking at Bring a Trailer back then. This is kind of a good segue. Uh, so it was really hard in the 2000s, even into the teens. It was hard to find cars. It was difficult to find cars to buy. It was a pain in the ass. You had to use search Tempest or you had to type in all the cities and Craigslist and have 76,000 tabs open and Facebook marketplace didn't even exist. And then you were looking at auto trader and nothing was there. It all sucked. And then there's all these other websites. And then you're like, well, what I, I would just like fly somewhere and then go to the place and pull the thing out of the slot and, and look at it. It was so hard to buy cars. And then this blog comes along and I remember, I remember this back then. I mean, Wow this guy's kind of like doing the work for me, right? He's like collating, look at all these cool cars and be like, you'd, you'd make a post and then it would be like 20 cars that are cool from Craigslist or whatever it is. I'm like, man, this is rad. This is really rad. And then I could just go click them all and show my buddies and, and made the whole process like way easier. What was the original intent when you started that blog? Like was, what were you thinking? Was it just kind of for fun or were you trying to make it easier for people? What was, what were you thinking back then?
1: Well, I was the guy, it's hilarious that you key in on some of those early stories. It's it's really kind of uh, gut-wrenching to have your own words be read back to you 15 years later. It's like having your high school oh, papers yeah. read back to you and you're like, oh my gosh. Don't so do that sorry. to me. <laughs> I'm sorry to the world. I'm so sorry. Anyway, but that one you read is pretty funny and I kind of still hold those uh, those beliefs other than the, the uh, dollar values that have all changed. But what started it was... I was sending out links to all my buddies, like what, what you were doing and like what it turns out a lot of people were doing. And for whatever reason, I didn't, you know, to unwind at the end of the day, I didn't uh, watch TV or, or, you know, do anything like that. I would jump online and I would hunt for cars. And I'd always done that even in the pre-internet era when I was a little kid. I'd read the classifieds that showed up in the San Jose Mercury News every Sunday, and I'd like look for people's cars. I didn't have any money, but there was a Shelby for sale in San Jose. That's amazing. That was the coolest thing that happened to me that day was to discover that. So I kept doing that, and it became sort of a therapeutic thing for me. Um, You know, the center pages of auto week. It was one of the only magazines that they would actually like list classifieds in right. Other than maybe Hemmings or something like that. So I, you know, I'd ride my bike to Barnes and Noble and I'd go to the, you know, not pay for any magazines, but I'd go like read all the listings. Right. I don't know. It's just a weird uh, sort of corner of my psyche and, and what makes me get excited about stuff. And it was cool. Those, those
0: books that you're talking about, you paid and It would be like 99% shit, but mm -hmm. then there'd be like, I don't there's know. A nugget. There's, there's a one, nugget in there. There's one win. It'd be yeah, like a absolutely. 280Z, like right. Oh, and it'd be totally. one. It'd be lime green and it'd be right in the middle. And all the other cars were just junk. It was like caprices. <laughs> and like, it was just all trash. And then there'd be that one car. And it was worth getting excited over.
1: But, and I got fast, right? Because of that 99 to 1 rule, you'd get fat. I'd like scan down. I'd be, okay, Porsche section, right? Or, ooh, okay, over here to the Mustang section yeah. or, or whatever, right? And I'd be totally into that. And then, Internet comes along, and it's all scattered and terrible and all over the place and difficult to navigate from, call it, 2000, 1998 until, I don't know, 05. It's just like it's eBay, and it's these crummy websites. And, yeah, you mentioned a couple sort of search hacks, but they're all a nightmare. And so, anyway, I just kind of fought my way through it. But any given day, I'd be like, man, these are a couple, three, four cars that if I had any dough, I would buy them. So I would send them to friends of mine that did have some money. Right. I'd be like, dude, you probably ought to buy this. And they'd be like, yeah, whatever. Randy's spamming me again with like terrible ideas. Right. (laughs) And I, and I'm like, okay. And so I close my laptop and delete all that work. And then I do it all over again the next night. Right. I'd go hunting around. And if I searched alphas yesterday, I'd search, you know, whatever, some other car today. And what's what's Randy's life like at this
0: time you're coming home. Where are you coming home from? What are you driving home in? What is, give me a picture
1: I love that. Yeah. So um, this is pre-BAT. BAT was 07. So call this 2000 to 2005. I graduated college in 2000. Um, and then I worked for BMW straight out of school. I was all about cars and wanted to do cars ever since I was a little kid. So I got a very fortunate, got engineering jobs at BMW out of college. I'm living in the Bay Area, um, 2000, 2001, 2003. I lived in the um, Bay Area
0: then too. I Is did. that right? I did. I lived up so by it's the- like, on bush street 1153 bush street up on top by the hospital right across the street from uh from pete stout and i didn't even know it i I love that yeah
1: i love that um (laughs) so in the city man you and i can start naming like cars that would be parked on the street in the city and different things in your neighborhood and my neighborhood so i moved to the city in 2002 to chase down a girl who's now my wife and it yeah, the car scene in the city was actually interesting. Then I'm wondering if you and I like veered off of uh, you know different events that were going on. But it wasn't until you mentioned Stout in 06, uh, he and I went on a rally together at one of these low buck San Francisco rallies. It cost, you know, 350 bucks for two days of rallying. Um, and um, yeah, we, we kind of got into the vintage car scene in San Francisco. And so I was driving. What the heck was I driving back then? I bought a 356. In San Francisco, out in the avenues, off off Craigslist for fourteen grand in two thousand and four. Um, that was a milestone car. I had an FJ sixty that I battled parking it in the city as long as I could until I gave up and I sold that thing. Um, How did BMW feel
0: then, about you not driving around in BMW? Anybody? Care? Well, what I was
1: going to say is, I have those are my fun old cars. I had I, I'm super spoiled in that I got I had a field job where I drove around the Bay Area mm. in California, so I, I had. Uh, typically three series and sometimes more interesting cars than that, that I got to drive working for BMW. That was sort of the beginning, middle of my tenure at BMW. And you have to build up some years before you get the the sevens and the X fives and the fancy stuff. So I was mostly driving cars that were cool and brand new, you know, uh, three series wagons and, and uh, some pretty fun. stuff. I was pretty deep BMW guy at that time. Uh, Minis were being released. So we got to have some fun with minis and stuff like that. But yeah, I drove that stuff. And then I had a, uh, basically a one-car garage that H- I could have. H- hold on a sec. In. Sorry.
0: Thought just occurred to me. We'll get we'll, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to interrupt. I love it. BMW at that time. Okay. Can you okay. imagine BMW, you're, you're, you work for them. You're driving. You're in a, like a, what a four, six IS or whatever. What is a four, six or four, eight IS you're in this thing. It's, basically an, an m5 suv but it does it's not ostentatious it doesn't have a badge on it but it's still pretty cool the e39 m5 is there the Mini's coming out wow that's a cool brand to bring back could you have ever thought working at bmw at that time that the trajectory would be where we are now like holy shit man it has been a wild trip through bangle and all this other stuff to be where we are today
1: we were on the mountaintop. I mean, Bangle Oops. was a presence, right? I mean, the the, the 7 Series came out in '02, and it was yeah. like an atom bomb. But, um, I mean, I think that era that I was there, 2000 to 2010, um, the cars were so cool. We were genuinely stoked on the next version of 3 Series and 5 Series, the different yeah. stuff that was coming out. And then there were a couple weird... Curveballs, right? E60 headlights were like, wait a minute. And new seven series was like, wait a minute, what, what's happening? There were some weird stuff, but the I mean the M Coupe was being currently produced at that time. Yeah. Um the, every M3 that came out was still super cool and a big deal when you got your hands on one of those. Um and I, I just love the brand. Right. I interned there in college and it, I was just all about it. I was so pumped. And now, yeah, there's so much rage about BMW now. And it's I mean, a lot of the BMWs driving down the freeway. I can't really tell. People ask me about BMW models and I'm like, I don't know, dude, don't there's know. like a million of them. I don't I know, know this.
0: This SUV has the badge on it, like the M1. So it must be I don't know. pretty good or whatever yeah. that thing is. Was there like a yeah. col- did you notice any weird culture stuff happen? Because that's like right then. 03, 04, kind of that period of time is when things went. We went from yeah, the ultimate I, driving machine to, I, I don't even know.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that was an interesting inflection point of small um, car company with a lot of the old players that were running it to those people who were retiring or heading for the door and a lot of new blood and a new climbers inside the company that were going to make the company make a bunch of dough. I mean, it makes it, I, I don't, particularly care for the cars these days, but the company makes a lot of money. Yeah, right. Do. And yeah. and I think I don't follow it, but I think more than they did in 0- 01, 0, 2, 0, 03, right? I mean, I think they're growing and they're selling a lot of vehicles and um the
0: romantic in me and, doesn't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly. And and but man, I was there and I I would have trouble working at a company where I don't care about the product. So I think regardless, like the BAT thing is such is such a you know Cinderella story and I feel so fortunate the way it's worked out. But I, I don't think I I could have had a 40 year career at BMW that I'd be halfway through right now if I had stayed. Just because the product stuff, I'd just be like, "Oh man, what are, what are we doing? Where are we going? How's how's this going to work?" So anyway, um, it was an amazing era. You know, the cars that were coming out and getting to see stuff behind the scenes and, and work on all that and and uh, have a lot of people around me at the company. You ask about culture. There were awesome people at the company that were super fired up on it um both in germany and america in my experiences and and so wild uh, what so wild. what a time to have been there what a time
0: yeah i mean that was the i mean that was the the end of i guess if you look at like oh three oh four oh two you look at 1980 i guess if you take the e24 you can go even farther back but that whole span of time was in terms of what a manufacturer did in the cars that they were that they built it was the best period of a time for a manufacturer of any manufacturer of all time.
1: I think you think oh that's a bold claim. I, I, I that's a bold claim. Think of all the cars. But
0: think of all the cars. E twenty eight, the M five, the M six, the M three, the different versions. Of the M five, the M coupe, the 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 E thirty M three, and what it did in racing, and it just like stomped on everybody, and just ruined Mercedes day. at the det- I mean, it's just all that's like everything they did during that period of time was good. Like how you can look at the nine eleven, and go, wow, the nine eleven as a model of a car, it's breadth was like really serious. And what it did with motorsport is insane, but as like a whole brand, what else did, what else held like a cohesive ultimate driving machine, a, a cohesive message for that long and really succeeded at it. Is there
1: anything? Yeah, no, I mean, there were bright spots in, in different sorts of companies for five and 10 years, but yeah, BMW had it for a long time. It. And I like Benz. I'm a huge Benz fan. And, there were some really cool cars that came about. But yeah, you talk about the the breadth of the whole line and, and particularly in motorsport and different sorts of things happening. Yeah, BMW's I mean, I'm telling you, man, we were there and it was top of the world. And okay. the cars you you knew when it was released it was gonna be awesome. It must and have been cool to like go
0: somewhere and be like, Yeah, I work for BMW. I mean that must have felt like good back then
1: you know uh yes absolutely i was very proud of it and i was psyched that i could have a job there and and there was good work to be done you know there's honest you could be honest about telling people you believed in the in the product which is really cool uh so anyway it was it was certainly fantastic and yeah the cars i got to have my hands on and drive uh were really formative
0: okay so 356 cool. Three, you're driving around at 356 you're writing blogs at night What is the inception point of, when does the light bulb go off? Like, are you watching stats? Are you seeing like, wow, there's a lot, there's a lot of people reading this shit. Was that kind of, was there a moment? It took
1: a while. And what were you drinking? We turned it on (laughs) (laughs) heavily. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Different sorts of stuff. Um, We turned it on in Jan 07, but it was like talking into a a, uh, microphone that was turned off is what I always say. Right. I mean, there was nobody listening. There was, I mean, my dad would like text me or he would like leave a comment. Right. And I'd be like, I oh, appreciate that. You know, yeah. one comment on that story or a couple buddies or, or whatever. But you look back, you said you were digging around. You don't have to go to the the Internet time machine. I mean, all the BAT stuff is permanent. All that stuff is still there on the site, which I think is really important. And it's it's all there. And you can go back and page back to 2007. And there's Endless stories with zero comments, zero comments, zero comments, which today in the Instagram, I mean, there was no Instagram, right? It's so, uh, I mean, it's so obvious that you should at least get one something, you know, you should get a thumbs up from somebody, even if it's like, you know, and you kept going,
0: nobody, and
1: I just kept going, yelling into the alley. (laughs) <laughs> I just kept going, you know, screaming. And sometimes that one you read sounds like I was a real screamer, but mostly I was just positive. I was like, a lot of the stories I ended with, somebody should buy this car. Somebody should buy this car because I'm not buying it and somebody should buy this car. And people love that. And then the variety, you talk about different marks, right? Like I think, I think back then it was very novel that somebody would give a Datsun 240Z any airtime. It was kind of back then it felt a little bit like a rich guy – car magazine world or top gear or whatever was kind of ramping up it was like oh you know the latest whatever ferrari blah 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 or it was very pebble beachy or it was you know car clubs or whatever stuff that felt a little exclusive and bat felt super approachable and like wow why is randy writing you know, about a rusty Fiat today, right? And I was like, because this is a significant Fiat that's in a garage in Topeka, you ought to go look at this thing, right? right? And and that sort of energy around cheap stuff um, and and trucks and cars and French and German and American and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that resonated with people's uh, desire for that variety. So anyway, yeah, the light bulb light bulb didn't go off for I'd say a year and a half later, uh, we started to get enough audience and traction that a couple of people said, "Hey man, you you featured a car I had on Craigslist, and I got like ten calls in five minutes. So can can I just skip that step of begging you to list my Craigslist car? Can I just send you the car and you list it?
0: Do you remember what and that I've, car was? Was there a car? Was there one? Oh, uh, what the, what's the first, first auction? What's it, the?
1: It was a little bit uh, the first auctions I definitely know, but this is way pre-auction. Okay. This is like two thousand nine auctions came on in twenty fourteen. I mean, we okay. went for like five five years." Uh, this is a long road, dude. I mean, I'm not yeah. the I'm not the overnight success that people a lot of people think we are. Like it, it was a long road, and that um, that amount of time. I mean, it was a gradual. Like, oh, people are starting to reach out or emailing bring a trailer at gmail which is Randy, right? And it's just like all this <laughs> stuff that seems so hokey now, but it was necessary to just sort of inch our way into commerce from just Randy hunting for cars and do that in a way that people would trust. At all, instead of just like turning on a marketplace and saying we're the best, list your car here, you know that because technically you have
0: no authority
1: whatsoever to anybody I, at this time. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But then people would read and be like, "Whoa, this guy's been writing this for six months or a year." Or what whatever. a what a so weirdo! This... What a loser! Yeah, <laughs> totally. So so people would check in and be like, "What is this guy's deal?" Yeah. uh depending on when they discovered it and then they'd read it and then it'd be like oh i resonate with that and then they'd leave some con- and then we started to get some comment flow which back then is a the blog world dude there was no facebook there was no all the stuff that has trained all our youth to like leave snappy one-liner comments and emojis and so none of that even exists right i'm yeah. such a dinosaur we turned it on a long time ago so that stuff sprung up uh as we were launching or after so that all had to kind of happen in in parallel so anyway it was i don't remember what the first uh car we did but we did basically a classified service and i didn't even charge anybody if your car sold we asked that you'd please send us a check for 150 bucks yeah and some people ghosted us and hosed us right because it was all a handshake deal and some some people all of a sudden my wife have a little blacklist yeah, like, like this. The, oh total oh dude there's always a blacklist there's always a blacklist <laughs> as, as you know uh yeah. but but the basically just because of behavior like that right like if you if you like hosed us in our early days you're sort of famous are they still uh, on the blacklist no I mean we've laxed up wait yeah. there's not as much pressure these days and that was 15 years ago right I mean yeah. so you gotta you gotta move on a little bit but there's there's some people that figure out uh, some, you know, egregious behavior. I don't know where it comes from, but, but we um, focus on more positive things. Yeah. So we, uh, we listed a few cars and my wife said, Hey, there's, you know, there's starting to be some checks in the mailbox. Like, like what's going on? Like what's happening? (laughs) What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm (laughs) like, well, on my laptop, we're selling some cars on, on bring a trailer. It's starting to, it's starting to happen. So we said, huh, maybe we ought to sort of formalize that and, you know, actually, Manage it in a Google Doc instead of in your email, Randy, and then yeah. and then it uh, got a little better, little by little.
0: Okay, so when did you need help? Like when was it? Like oh my god, I this. It's like it's in like a cartoon where you open the mailbox and the mail just comes like shooting out of it, or like Harry Potter when the mail slot opens and all the letters come in. It was there. When were you like oh shit, I need help. Like I need to hire somebody.
1: That happened um, in a couple different ways. We were like, can I keep enough vehicles on the site or is it better to have, I was trying to do one a day for the first year or two and I would fail at that every once in a while. And But there was this pressure after six or 12 months, if I didn't write something in the day, the morning BAT email wouldn't go out and the email was like a thing um, it became like an addiction for me. It was like, it was like the Groupon email for free skydiving or whatever yeah. in the morning. Like people would open it up and see if there was their dream car on VAT's email. Yeah. And so if I didn't write, uh, I had a crazy day at work and like I had a full-time job and whatever we started having kids. I went to a night school program. Like I'm doing all this stuff. There would be a day where I just dropped it. I'm like, it's midnight. I gotta go to bed. I can't like go hunting for a car to write. And that email wouldn't go out. And then I'd get 20, uh emails, angry emails about the emails broken like it didn't come to me today what's going on all this all the madness right and I was like oh my gosh like these people really want this so we tried to figure out help wise if anybody else could help uh, write stories about cars and we struggled because nobody would write it in the same way and it was a very personalized thing and like how do we do that so we're like shoot finding writers isn't going to do it but maybe like Organization for Randy. Organization has never been my strong suit. Everybody at BAT would tell you that. And um, so like, how can I, like, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, got a thousand messages in my email and people are sending us cars and tips. The cool part was people started to send us tips, yeah. right? If, if I was actually a car dealer with money, this would have been the greatest scheme in the history of man, <laughs> mankind because people started to be BAT for me, right? They started to send it all to me. And I was like, whoa, I'm like the clearinghouse. I get first dibs on all these cars. It's yeah, crazy. For sure. So, but I didn't have any dough and I was busy and uh, doing all that other stuff. So I was like, okay, we're gonna try to pare down this email inbox and we made it this automated system. I, I started the whole thing with a buddy of mine. It's not, it's not the Randy show. It's always been the Randy and my buddy Gentry. We started it, and he was like tech minded because I'm I'm not too deep in that world. And so he helped build tools around okay, you're getting 150 emails every day with interesting cars. Those all auto forward into this little like parsing, you know, mechanism. And it cuts out the worst half of them. And it starts to like auto write the first, you know, the ones that you check on it or whatever. We just like mechanized it uh, because it was starting to be insane volume. And then human wise, we added, a, I think our first couple employees in, in 2009, 10. Um, started to add, they were just contract helpers. And then a real employee that helped us build the auction was in 2012. So anyway, more than you wanted to know.
0: No, it's, it's super interesting. I'm always interested in stuff like this and it's this whole like arch and this whole journey for you over, I guess, what is it? It's, it's 15 years so far. Okay. 16 years. Most people I'm going to wager, especially in, in California, especially in the Bay area, would have sold out a long time ago. You are still there, which proves to me that how passionate you are about what you do. You you truly love cars and I think that's evident by, you know, the history that you've had in in terms of where the website started. But my question is is how do you how do you stay fresh? How do you not get burnt out? Like, I mean, it's it's every day for for years and years and years and before it was like you had a job and you were doing this. How do you stay fresh and want to and still want to be excited about this business that you created. And instead well, of fl- like buying a yacht, like you could sell, you could sell, sell out, buy a yacht and be done, but you're not.
1: Yeah. I'm sticking around. And we've sold some of it, which has been nice because I needed an insurance policy. Cause I was going, going crazy with it, uh, with the, you know, the ups and downs and the risk of holding, holding all our uh, eggs in one basket. Sure. So that's another story too. But yeah, we lasted 14, what, four, 13 years before we even did that. Um, and Yeah. Part of it is there's always new stuff going on. There's a long list of both cars and car events that I haven't even gotten to do yet. Right. And so that keeping it fresh for me, like I'm super excited this year, I'm like mapping out the year of the cool things I get to do. I mapped out last year in a similar way. Right. And your event, I was a total first timer on that event. And um, seeing new territory, taking a car that, you know, you're not sure is going to make it. I mean, all the, all the good, all the good take the car ethos. Right. And it, it, it just, that keeps me fired up now. Yeah. An email inbox with 3000 demands from people and the kind of things that a lot of people have in their corporate life. And sometimes I can have, if I let it get out of control, uh, is not super fun. And, but we have a ton of people working on the team now. So I've, over the years have, learn to trust other people with what was originally sort of my baby. How do you do that? How do you let let reach that point?
0: How do you, you know, I, with, with Overcrest, you know, it started out, Overcrest started, I was like, I think I just start a podcast. And it's obviously it's growing into the bringing on Jeff on who does all our branding and, and, and direction with that stuff. And then Jake, you know, came on really early, but I still like, it's, it's like, there's trust issues all the time. How do you deal with that as a, as an entrepreneur, like letting go and, <laughs> and it, like, how do you expect people to do what you think you want them to do, but then they don't do it? And then how do you deal with that? And it's just like got to be such a tough juggling act when it's your thing.
1: Well, that's hard. I mean, you're talking about your thing, too. I mean, I think every every business founder and then even business owner, um, they wrestle with that. And but but find in trustworthy people is tricky but i de- being very frank and honest about what your shortcomings are and where you could have other people help i mentioned like organization for me and just thoughtfulness around building tools and that sort of stuff like i'm the guy who thinks i can just pedal my bike faster and solve all the problems right and that that worked for a while right and no joke i mean i was Uh, famous amongst my friends that like, we did go to, we'd go to whatever, some vacation at some house somewhere or whatever. And everybody'd go to bed and Randy'd open his laptop when everybody went to sleep and he'd look for cars and he'd write on, bring a trailer until three in the morning. And then, you know, do it all again the next day. And I was like the psychopath that was up at, in the all weird hours of the night, looking for cars and on my laptop. And for a lot of people, that's like a very toxic way to go through life. (laughs) But I was uh, trying to build this like side hustle business and so it it necessitated that of me and that was the way I structured it and it was kind of my own my own fault and my own journey but it worked but eventually that's not going to fly and I knew that and I needed to find some folks and and a lot of it I won't say I'm some sort of brilliant um you know uh cultivator of talent or sorcerer of of talent but I I was able To find the right folks to help us contribute. I and we, some of the, a couple of the early hires were my, my co-founder found and, and we um, just found some folks that could really help us stand this thing up and operationalize it because it started to be a treadmill type of a system, right? Like the, the faster you can go, the more business you can do, right? those businesses start to if they're limited to one person, you're you're doing it wrong. There's a bandwidth. So problem. I, yeah. I knew that I needed to not just, you know, have a 36 hour day to solve the problems. I needed to find other people that had more bandwidth. So it uh it uh yeah, man, what a roller coaster. But it, it worked out.
0: So there's there's a thing with bring a trailer and I'm gonna hit you with this. And I I wonder if the old you that started bring a trailer if brand trailer existed when you were looking at cars then would you go fuck man there's no deals anymore. Let's do it. I bring a trailers everything's there. It's the prices are this. Like you go you I go on Craigslist, I look at a an E39 540 the guy thinks it's worth 50 grand because of the, you know what I'm saying? Like is there would the you Say U, it dude,
1: you can you can shoot the arrows at me. You can say because of Randy that Because M5, of 50 Randy. Grand. What Okay, would, I get that I, I get that all the time but I'm and I'm ready for it, that.
0: But I'm posing it as you as you the randy that was looking for deals all the time writing a blog about deals called bring a trailer would bring a trailer randy of 2007 not like bring a trailer of randy of now you know what i'm saying like the the person not the person not the person but just like the what was created the, the the monster that that you've created
1: yep Yep, I know. I'm with you. I get all I get all flavors of this of this, and we hear BAT blamed for you know prices are high because I bring a trailer and that sort of stuff. So there's obviously there's a bunch of layers to this, and a lot of it is like my identity. So I go through this a lot. Uh, I'm trying to make it I, a
0: little more of a unique approach for you, so it's not. I, appre- I appreciate that. Well, I also
1: go on podcasts and people just just sort of you know blow sunshine the whole time. They're like, "BAT is so wonderful." Hold on, blah, blah, just blah, blah. hold on a sec. I got but, a browser prevented recording error. Would, I love all this. I heard the question. No. Okay. Would, yeah. So would, would the would, would my
0: would the Randy of 2007 be upset with the monster that that new Randy has created?
1: I think there's still a lot of cars that are out there. First of all, I think a lot of people look at BAT and say all the work is done. And I don't think we're even scratching the surface. Like the crazy part about BAT is we done so many cars now. But what has been eye opening for us over the years is how many are out there. Like, I'll go to some place and a guy will be like, oh yeah, I just picked this up. And I was like, what do you mean you just picked this up? Like, I sometimes feel like I have the right to have seen it online somewhere, but A, I don't have that right. And B, stuff comes out of the woodwork. Like, I, I still, I love looking at auction catalogs and all these cars that are coming out of the woodwork. And I'm like, where on earth did that come from? And so I think there, it's not an infinite supply, but I think there's a massive supply of interesting vehicles. Now you can say what you want about like, is more visibility, our prices higher? I think the pool of buyers is more confident to buy online now, and that means prices will be higher. I also think there's just like time is marching on. It's not 2007 anymore in the housing market either, right? I mean, yep. so some things are changing. But would my... What I think often about, like, what would I have spent all my time on if I wasn't like hunting around on the internet, and I could have just gone to BAT? Like, I think a lot of people do now. They kind of start at BAT, and if they want to go deeper, they'll go all over the place, which yep, is great, and I, sure. I encourage people to do that. But I think that uh, I think I kind of would have liked the ease of BAT, but I probably would have had a similar, maybe a little chip on my shoulder, like some people do, and they're like, "Well, I don't need I don't need BAT. That's like the easy. That's like the." The uh, easy way to source them, I'm going to go make life hard for myself and I'm going to go to, uh, you know, go to the alpha forum again, like I used to do and make me want to, you know, blow my brains out for the interface of searching through listings for sale, you know, that sort of stuff. So I think all that stuff still exists and there's some stuff that's hiding out there, but we have certainly mainstreamed availability for it to make it easier on folks, but not all the cars are on BT.
0: We talked a little while ago about how, how hard it was to find cars. How hard it was. And I think it's what you've done. To find good cars. To find good to cars. find good cars. I think it was
1: super easy to find cars, cars unfortunately, yes. but they were so terrible, or the seller was so terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude, how much—weird tangent—how much do you think you can make a year just vacuuming cars that were for sale on Craigslist? You just buy a car on Craigslist, vacuum it out, run it through the wash, and sell it again. Extra 500 bucks Almost every single time. I feel like it's just like— Come on man there's so much trash out there but I think you I think bring a trailer is I think it's a double edged sword I think it has increased the prices but that is a result of making more available to more people so you have to choose on what's what's important and for me the entire goal of Overcrest is to encourage people to use the car as the tool for exploration and if bring a trailer is helping people do that, I'm in your I'm in your boat, man. I'm there. I'm there. I'm I'm with you hundred percent. Seems like people that maybe wouldn't even ever bought cars because it was too much of a pain in the ass, or there was shitty cars, or it was scams, or whatever, which still exist on Craigslist and Facebook, by the way. I that's a whole another story. But they can they can trust you. It it it's great. And I think you've you've done a great thing and provided a great service to people that have access to to great stuff and great tools to I experience great things with great people.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And it's not all perfect. And I, I just appreciate people that are honest about it. And they're like, I think this, like, let's dialogue about it. That's what BT's also always been about. It's like an open dialogue about the car where you're respectful. You don't end up hating each other at the end of the dialogue, but you can understand that there's multiple points of view, right? Like not everybody likes a Lancia-Fulvia, right? Yeah. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. They don't, they don't all have to like them, right? What's wrong with so, the Lancia-Fulvia?
0: I've driven one I of think, those,
1: they're great. I, I think they're fantastic. We just had one. Well, man, we've had some crazy stuff and we could get into that too. We just had one with a with a Subaru boxer swap into a fulvia, which is total sacrilege and yet probably the fastest fulvia there's ever been. But well, that doesn't um, take much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So anyway, but the um those sort of cars, like I still love uh you ask also what keeps me going. Like I still love logging into BAT every single day and seeing all the cars that are there because I'm looking out the window in San Francisco now. If if the streets were lined with BAT inventory all up and down, I would be so thrilled for the interest and the variety of the cool factor mm-hmm. for all the cars instead of a bunch of CRVs and Foresters or whatever that I'm looking at outside that are everywhere. Um, and, and they're all painted gray now, right? Yeah. I, I, all that sort of phenomenon of what modern cars have become. Um, I just love the fact that people are fired up to buy some of these and hopefully yeah go drive them down the road and not only they get the enjoyment of the behind the wheel moment, but people, you know, sitting on the sidewalk see this crazy thing, drive down the street. I mean, that probably I would hope gives some joy to all sorts of folks. It also gives gives some rage to other folks, but it it uh your your event blazing through some little town like brings joy to people when they saw our crazy cars go by. And I I always pick small towns on purpose, man.
0: I pick small towns on purpose. Like there was uh, like the previous rally was in Utah and we went to this place called the Swing and Steak, which is this great, great little spot where a, where a legitimate cowboy, not a fake cowboy like I would be if I showed up and tried to do this. Legitimate cowboy has a grill that swings back and forth over a fire. And right here, the dude is cooking buns and bread in John Wayne's oven right there. That's this. <laughs> that's the dude. And he just all night was just cooking steaks. And afterward, he told me, he's like, you have no idea how amazing this was because it was right during covid right after covid when everybody was like oh, i think we can play outside it was like he's like you legitimately have saved our business the amount of like we i mean we brought a ton of money in there and then the next next year we went to uh this little town called chalice in idaho you were there we went to yep. the Y N. and yep. that lady the next morning like she gave me the biggest hug thank you so much we loved having you here this was the best you did a good thing for this town and i tell you what man that is some of the best vibe feeling i've ever gotten i love you should be proud of that small town america man small town america is 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 absolutely incredible and and uh you know there's no better tool to get to the small town than the car
1: so yeah so BAT has its ups and downs i guess is the short answer but the there is a, a good thread to getting people in interesting cars, making that more accessible, certainly all the you know scammy smartiness of the internet that they can uh, avoid most of by doing it on BAT and just some inspiration, right? I'm looking at an alpha race car on BAT today that's amazing and I that would fact. I am I gonna buy it? probably not almost certainly not but am i fired up to have read that and looked at pictures of it at laguna seca in 71 this morning like over my breakfast i was yeah. best part of my day right yeah. amazing so uh that sort of stuff is super cool
0: dude it's been my pleasure to have you on uh i can't I hope you come out to the rally next year it's uh, shouldn't too difficult for you to get there i think it'll be just oh interesting teaser interesting teaser should be too hard depending on what you drive it could be all right anyway dude thanks so much for hanging out with me i really appreciate you spending time and sharing uh all that wisdom and 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 the stories i really appreciate it no problem thanks so much for having me all right take care buddy